The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. But Muhammad's kicks have led the dance, as has his pressure. God put me in that type of shape at that right time for that right call to make this choice. Remember the name! Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. I should have made at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. I hope we're taping. We're having a lot of technical problems. Uh, if my audio uh craps out or whatever just let me know because i'm in austin so i'm on terrible wi-fi right now in this hotel appreciate you for having me i can't believe this is your ninth time on the show sometimes they'll tell us how many times people have been on and i forget how many times we've actually talked to you yeah it's been it's been a while man it's been a while though since i've been on here so it's uh glad to be back yes i i seen you hi buddy first of all good to see you i seen you at the fights the other day and I'm trying to remember if we even, if I got your attention, because you know when you're like sitting somewhere, you see somebody and you know them and you want to like get their attention and wave, but then you're looking and then are not looking. And then you look away and you look and you want to be like, I, me, I just want to be like this, like, 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 like kind of like, uh, but I kind of play it cool and I kind of see, I want to try to get your attention. Did I say hello to you or am I crazy? Uh, I saw you in New Jersey. In New Jersey, when I, when I fought uh, Gilbert, we saw each other at the weigh-ins. Weren't you just with – at the? I was in Vegas. I was in Vegas too. I seen you. But I guess we didn't talk. This is a big waste of time, Jimmy. That's but okay. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a great start. Did I wave to you? Did I not wave to you? It's an excellent start, Matt. I disagree. the <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Yo, guys, yeah. I'm so tired. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a second win. My day so far, I usually teach the 7 a.m. And then I come home. I don't know about you, Bilal. I think we talked about this before, and I believe you said you're not into naps. Are you a nap guy? No, I love naps. Yeah, you I do I, love I, naps. Yeah. Fuck, I fucking love naps. Jimmy, I'm a big nap guy. I know you are. Uh, I, some guys, I hate it. Some guys, when you say you nap, they're like, Ugh, how do you do that? I don't know. They look down upon it. But today I did the 7 a.m. And I usually have my one of my black belts, Gersh, do the, the noon class. He had something growing on him. I don't listen. Ring work. I listen. Ring work. A little Lotrimin goes right away. I don't know what he had on him. But I ended up teaching a noon class. 
And again, now I'm wasting time. Guys, no. let's get with Bilal. <laughs> Jimmy. What? All right, Bilal Muhammad, I want to know what's up with you, but you know Jimmy's in Austin and he just did the mothership? Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I did six shows and uh, the club, is, it's really, I'm not just saying that because I'm friends with Joe. I mean, it's really perfectly run. It's a perfect club. I mean, the, it, the green room is the best I've ever been in. The sound system is perfect. They shut people up. They throw people out if they talk. It's fucking great. Um, yeah. yeah, I've had an amazing trip. I just started getting uh, like addicted to the Kill Tony uh, podcast, the, the comedy show. And I'm like, bro, I just want to go down there just for that show. Like, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, he tapes it every Monday. It's, every Monday is sold out. Um, and I did it. Uh, I did the first one at the Mothership with Whitney and uh, Bert Kreischer. And I, I'm I'm down here for I'm staying an extra day to do it as well. Um, uh, tonight. Awesome. Okay. By the time this airs, it'll probably be I'll have already taped it. But yeah, it's great. Um, Austin is a pretty cool. It's a weird city. It's scarier during the day than it is at night. Like at night, there's people milling about, but during the day, man, it's really fucking quiet and kind of weird. And there's just a few homeless guys. You have to, during the day is much more nerve wracking than the evenings in Austin. It is a little, it, you know what, man? I don't know, maybe because I'm used to New York or whatever. I, right. I, I'm not saying it's forgettable, but I was there for the Rogan show and I'm telling people it's my first time there. And the Dean's like, yo, dummy, we shot the show here. I'm like, oh, fuck. We did a looking for a fight, Austin. <laughs> I forgot I was even there. So, yeah, but, I guess that podcast, you know, that podcast was great with you, got, with you three on there. That was really hilarious. We had so much fun. Thank you for watching, Bilal. Jimmy doesn't support anything I do. But That's thank not you true. For- I was just trying to find a, a good block of time, and I'm such a fucking lazy pig. I haven't okay. been in the gym in a week. It's okay about it's okay about you not working out and me being on on Joe's show and Bilal giving me a compliment about it. And uh, a lot of people, I got nice feedback, That's but there's a little feed. There's some feedback I didn't get, and that hurts the most. But you, you know? will get it. You will get it. <laughs> well, let's catch up with you, bro. I'm looking on. Whenever we have a guest on, they give a little rundown, and I'm looking at your record, and there's so many W's. You got so many wins. <laughs> So many wins, my man. And <laughs> I see one L on the list. How many fights? It's fucking crazy. What kind of streak are we 10 on? 10 straight? Are you on 10 straight? I'm on uh, I'm on uh, 10 straight, and uh, I won uh, 12 of my last 13. So, yeah, we get, we, got a, we got a decent streak going right now. So what is happening now? What do we got on the radar? What are we pushing for? Talk to me. I mean, for me now, it was uh, – I took that Gilbert Burns fight on three weeks notice, and it was – one of the key factors in taking that fight out three weeks was if you win, you get the winner of Kobe and Leon. So it's like now it's just waiting to see when they book Kobe against Leon for the belt. And then I'm supposed to get the winner. Uh, and Dana said guaranteed 100%. So now it's like having the patience to wait yeah. and having the, the your coaches like force me because I'm, I'm a guy that's always training. I'm always in the room. I'm always working. I'm like, bro, I like to fight. If I'm healthy, I want to fight. Uh, but for some reason, they want to give the title fight to Kobe. So uh, it's like staying patient and just having the mentality of, all right, we got next no matter what. This is what we worked for. The goal is to be the champion. The goal is not to to win, have a 15-fight winning streak. The goal is to be the world champion and have the belt wrapped in my waist. Do you, do you, are you, oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Do you want to stay in, in kind of close to fighting shape? Because you never know what happens in somebody's training camp. And as it gets closer, if, if you know, something happens to Colby or he has to postpone or he has to, you know, I mean, look at Jamal Hill just, uh, yeah. you know, had to step aside for a long time. So 
Do are you do you want to say, hey, look, I will be ready just in case? Yeah, yeah, I'm always ready. I'm always training. Like right now, I just trained. I'm I'm still training twice a day. I have guys in a room because we got a small gym here in Chicago. So like when one of us have a fight, we all have a fight. So I got a, a training partner that's fighting in Nashville for the UFC, uh, Ignacio Bombundes. And then I got another training partner fighting in Australia in September. So I got two guys that are in my weight class that have fights coming up. So I have to be in the gym to help them because they're always in there to help me. Right. Well, so I'm thinking when they do have a date for that fight with Kobe versus Leon, I mean, are you sh- are you that guy showing up? Are they going to talk to you about making the weight and being that guy in case something goes wrong? You know, they, they do that often. I mean, I would imagine that I think they're doing yeah. that more than they're not lately. I mean, right. Aren't they having a guy in the wings in case something yeah, happens? They've been doing that more, more often. Uh, for me, it's like, I make weight pretty easily. So if they're going to pay me some money to make weight, uh, I'll do it. But it's like, obviously I want to have a, a full camp and be, be have a full fight camp for, for a fight. Cause I don't want to just sit there and make weight for no fight. It's just like the fight at the end of your camp is what, like, that's the the pot of the rainbow, right? The, the pot of gold It's like making it to the fight. That's the the goal. And that's what you want, that's what you work for. So like for having a camp and having nothing at the end of just being like, oh, well, at least I got to check the way in. It's like, I'm not that guy. I'm not like happy to weigh in for a check. Oh, that's anticlimactic for sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you want to tweet a little bit about uh, Jack Della Maddalena. And uh, you, you said his fight IQ, uh, I, I guess, after the second round or the first round, you tweeted that uh, yeah. against Hafez. What a great fight that was. And that, to me, is always a really, really dangerous fight. With some guy, they just, you know, they give him a big shot and he has nothing to lose and all the pressure. And I thought he eked that fight out. It's not the worst decision I've ever seen, but I kind of thought that uh, Della Maddalena lost that fight. But, I, I mean, I didn't go crazy when I saw the decision either. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, it was very close. And like I said, it's like little things like that you get exposed a little bit with. You know, everybody came in. They were giving Jack all this hype. His, he was knocking out four guys in a row. And then you go against your first grappler, and the guy takes you down pretty easily. And, like, you're pulling guard with guillotines that weren't even, like, in tight. And when you're doing stuff like that, it tells me that your IQ is not there because you're you're beating up, up, up on the feet. And then anytime, anytime Hafez was shooting on him, he'll try to go for that guillotine. And I'm like – better grapplers, like he was supposed to fight Sean Brady. Like if Sean Brady gets on top of you, Sean Brady's going to go for a finish. Even if Hafez was in better shape and had a pool of a camp, I think he would have been able to take advantage more of those positions when you're pulling yourself on your back. And like, I tell my guys, unless you're a full grown black belt and you're, you have a bunch of submissions under your belt, do not go to your back no matter what. Like if you can stay on your feet, stay on your feet. Unless you have a Kimura like Matt Sarah, like don't pull a Kimura out of nowhere and you end up on your back, and then you end up losing around. Because anytime you're on your back, you're losing. Did you? Yeah, see don't try like, to pull it off. I was gonna say, don't try to pull like, it off for the first time there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're hitting it in this, in the, in the academy and training, if you're Gary Toning, who just uh, got a overseas, got a rolling knee bar, uh, beautiful. You know he's done that hundreds of times in the academy, if not thousands. So you know you can't try to get your. Oh, well, you know, I've seen this before. Let me try this. That's not what you're trying to fight. You got to go to your, the moves that you that you know work for you. So when guys see a neck there, even if they're good at the guillotine, man, guys are they're harder to tap. Unless, unless you know you're putting guys to sleep with it, don't go to your back with it. Aljo learned that early on. It cost him a fight with Brian Car- uh, Caraway ages ago before his IQ is what it is now. So those are mistakes, guys, usually. Because if you don't lose the fight, you'll lose the round with a good grappler, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, and nowadays with judges, like they like you don't know what they're looking at. So it's for yourself, anytime you're on your back, you're losing minutes, you're losing seconds. And like you said, the Gary Tonin knee bar was like nasty. And when you're hitting that against a, a Russian, and he, the way he'd explained it, he's like, well, I went foot on foot to like pop the knee. And I was like, I go back and watch it. I'm like, what do you mean by foot on foot? And it was like, it looked sick. It was nasty. Did you see in round three, I think, uh, Della Madalena took him down. He was winning. He was striking really well and he was really hurting him. And then he took him down. I'm like, what is he doing? Like, that was such an odd decision to make. And then I think he wound up on his back at the end of the round. Didn't he get reversed and wound up on his back at the end of the round? Yeah. Yeah. That's for me. I pride myself on fight IQ and knowing what the guy's strength is and what the guy's weakness is. Hefez, he's a grappler and that's what you watch taste on it. That's all he does is grapple. So for you to, you're winning on the feet. Why are you going to shoot, take him down to his world where he's comfortable? Most grapplers, even when they're tired, they get into a flow state when it's on the ground. That's when they're comfortable. They're not as tired on the ground. You can tell Jack is more comfortable on the feet where he doesn't get as tired on the feet. So why are you going to go in there, shoot, try to take him down? And then you're going back into his world where he could end up on top like he did. And you never know. One of those judges gave that fight to Hafez. That's like you're taking three-year steps back. When you're, when you're a ranked fighter, you lose to an unranked guy. Now you're like, you lose all that hype. I also thought that it was, uh, like, I looked at, the, they included in the prep today some stats, which were a little more pro Madalena than I would have thought. Like, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Hafez controlled, like, six and, 648 to 119 on the ground. But, you know, total strikes, only 48 to 149 for Jack, 83 significant to 32 um, like, like he, Jack did, I think have a better fight than people gave him credit for just cause he spent so much time on the ground. And I guess you're right. It depends on what our judge is looking at. Cause sometimes you'll see two, a split decision. You'll see 30, 27, the opposite way. So, and he's like, what the fuck do you guys, how do you have some coherent, uh, way of judging this where a fighter knows what he has to do to win yeah. besides knock somebody out. I mean, even in that Brandon Moreno against Pantoja fight, there was like one judge gave it four rounds to one. For Brendan, and I was like, how the heck did you give it four rounds to one? Like, I had a 2-2 two -two going to – like, if you didn't see a 2-2 two -two going into the fifth, how are you a judge? Like, if you already had it three three rounds to, to Brendan in that fight, it, like, made no sense. Yeah, we talk a lot about – oh, go ahead, Matt. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to – Obviously, we talk a lot about the judges on this because, again, bad judging is part of it sometimes. But sometimes when you see things that feel egregious – you're like, I mean, that a guy works really hard to get to, to a, especially a championship fight. And when you see somebody making such a shit, it's harder to complain about a fight like this that's so close. But when you see like an egregiously bad decision, you're like, I don't know what that guy was watching. And there should be some way that those guys get judged on the way they judge a fight. Yeah, because you're changing people's lives. There's like yeah. millions of dollars on the line right there uh, based off of your decision. And if you're not capable of making that choice, then we need to move somebody else in. And I don't understand. We're just going to keep having these errors, and we're going to keep having these uh, conversations about it. But there's really nothing happening about it because, well, it's it's on the commission, so we'll we'll let the commission choose who the judges are going to be. Well, that's what I like about, you know, finishes. <laughs> I want to talk yeah. about Nas, man, our guy, uh, Nazim Sadikov. He took out Terrence McKinney, and I'll tell you, that first round. It was like, oh, is this going to be a 10-8 round? Because he's controlling him so well with the back triangle and and the back control. But no, because he got out with like maybe under a minute left, whatever it was, he started he started putting on some steam. And so at least it wasn't a 10-8 uh, round for, not, for, um, for Terrence. But then, boom, talk about turning it around, man. Nas, I was so impressed with Nas. 
Because Terrence, that's a hard fight for your well, – is it his first fight? I know that, he fought the contenders. Like, yeah, contenders, and this is the second one now in the big show. And he's answering the call, and he's doing it with a, a stud like Terrence McKinney. I'm really proud of uh, of Nas. I thought it was some. I thought it was a great showing. Yeah, yeah, he looked really good. And then to add that, you know, the patience. Even though you got taken down in the first round, you had your back taken the whole round. A lot of guys will will lose faith. They'll put their head down. They'll get upset. But like he came out in the second round and he broke uh, Terrence. I think yeah. fatigue played a huge factor in it. So to come out of there, out of like you said, could have been a 10-8 round in the first round, and to come and finish in the second round, it shows how tough he is. And his first fight in the UFC was a was a barn burner too. It was a brawl. Uh, back and forth. I think they won. Uh, he won two bonuses in a row. So, like for a guy like that, your two first two fights in the UFC to get two big bonuses—that's huge. Didn't McKinney too? If I'm remembering the fight correctly, he had the body lock on and he had himself next to the cage, so uh, uh, Nas couldn't turn. You know, you, you have to turn onto whichever foot you have to turn onto. But he couldn't do that because he was next to the cage. If I'm remembering, right, I thought that was really smart of McKinney to do that. Yeah, I mean McKinney. I think he has a lot of talent. I think he just needs. Uh, better IQ and better ways to to use his energy because you know he's very explosive and usually after that first round he's usually tired and this fight he's usually a brawler this fight came out trying to grapple early because he said he doesn't have wrestling and I was like man if you're not used to grappling in fights you're gonna get tired if your body's not used to that and it looked like it in the second round because he took a lazy takedown and it stayed there the rest of the time and Nas you could just tell that he has great cardio stayed there defended the second takedown and took his back and he just went for the finish. And Terrence kind of like just gave in a little bit. I don't know if you've seen with that strangle when he got that rear naked choke on, he had his arm trapped behind his fucking back. Yeah. He had his arm trapped. So he had one arm to defend and it just wasn't happening. It was pretty nasty. That's why yeah. he saw Terrence yeah. afterwards. Terrence goes, yo, I was, he said he wasn't getting fatigued. He felt great, but he had his arm trapped and he couldn't defend it. So that sucks. Yeah. That's, yeah. Rough. That's a rough one. Uh, you know what I want to talk about, guys? And it's getting a lot of memes and a lot of stuff going oh. on. And I understand, but I want to hear your thoughts about it. I got I got my thoughts on it. Chelsea Chandler and Norma Dumont. Now, they were having some friction, these ladies. They had some uh they 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 got they got heated during the uh, the weigh-ins. And it's funny because the girl Norma's, you know, she's Brazilian. So in Portuguese, she's going, oh, she's like basically saying that like 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 Chelsea's being a little too mouthy, and then then Chelsea's giving her the birds, and she's flipping her off, and she's like, "Oh, I got these too. It's fucking great. I like that shit, you know." And uh, and then during the fight, she got hit with those first few shots, and then she literally turned her back and ran. I want your thoughts on it, guys. Tell me. I got you my. Know thoughts. What I would do. There is honestly to me. Give me goes finally somebody using my technique in there. <laughs> no, it looked like she didn't belong in there with her because it's like you never turn your back in a fight. You never do that and run. And I tell people all the time, it's like these younger guys, right? So don't don't let the act be tougher than you fight. Like she was talking all this big talk at the way ends, doing all this, giving you the middle finger, calling out Ronda Rousey. And I'm like, you're hyping yourself up and you weren't ready for the fight. You weren't concentrating on the thing that really mattered. And that's the real fight. And Norma's a beast. Norma, you don't want to sit there and underestimate her and, you know, sit there and look past her. And I think that she went in there and she, it got real. Like, she even tweeted out or she uh, put it on Instagram. It's like, at this moment, I knew I effed up. And it's like, when you get in, it's probably the most embarrassing thing in the world for her right now because everybody's memeing about it, UFC fighters, even herself. But it's, it's hilarious. 
Jimmy, your thoughts? I mean, I agree. It's probably embarrassing. It's one of those things you do in a moment where you're just trying to survive and you, you look back and you go, what the fuck was I doing? Yeah, I think it's probably just embarrassing, especially when other fighters are, uh, are, are making fun of it. It's like, that's, that's rough. Now, I got a little bit of a different take on this. Now, right. I've seen it. And again, when you first look at it, it could be like, oh, fuck, this girl doesn't want to be hit. I, I don't think it was that at all. I honestly don't. Because this is the thing. I don't think it was, um, what is it, cowardice. It wasn't. It wasn't. She wasn't being a coward. She got fucking hit with that right hand. And if you see it, she got hit so hard, it almost turned her around. And then the other couple of shots were coming where she didn't see them. So when she got hit, then she got hit in the back almost of the head. And again, so now you're getting hit where you don't know where you're getting hit from. That's when she started fucking taking off. I believe it was part of being shook. And then when she was shook, she didn't know where they were coming from. So she wanted to make up some distance and it ended up being a sprint. It looked funny. But if you watch, and not only, I'm talking about seconds after that, she didn't, she wasn't flinching. She wasn't shying. She wasn't pulling guard. She was fighting. She was taking one to give one. She was getting hit, going forward. The girl is far from a coward. So I no. don't get me wrong. I believe she's taking it the right way. She's like, look, I look, I talk some shit. I yeah. did that fight. It looks horrible. She's doing that better than fucking obviously wanting to fucking jump off a bridge, but uh, you know, she's, she's owning it, but I don't think it was being a coward. I think she was fucking stunned. She was getting hit. Holy fuck. The rest of the fight, she, she got, she got out fought. She definitely lost and got out fought by Norma, but she, she's far from a coward. And I think that was more of that situation. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I don't think it's cowardice. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't accuse her of being a coward. It was, it was just a no. decision you make that looks bad. You know what I mean? Like, you're just trying to get away from being hit. And it's yeah, like I'm experience. Because, you know, usually when you get rocked, you know, all right, let me grab it. Let me grab a hold of something. Let me shoot in on something. I think lack of experience for her was like, oh, I got hit. Let me get it. Let me get a space. Yeah. But you're running away literally in the opposite direction. I think it, once she gets more fights under her belt, she'll realize, yeah. all right, try to clinch. Let me try to do this. There's ways to defend after you get rocked you get hit with something good and where you could uh shell up and see the other punches that are coming at your head yes and you see everything in hindsight 2020 is a <laughs> fucking uh high, what is it hindsight, hindsight. is 2020 yes yes right. so i mean i think this girl got fucking blitz got a back shown yeah. and it looked fucking hysterical when dc's cracking up but she realized it looks i don't think we're gonna see the last or i think she's tough The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. 
T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Malala, were you the one who tweeted, uh, I think it was uh, Masvidal Colby. Was that, were you the one who tweeted that? Was that yours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah I, I was like that that's what i figured that uh the, the event at the restaurant happened yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you tweeted something too if i'm remembering or you said about uh you, you don't think colby is that tough of a fight in the welterweight division do you, do you think for you he's the easiest fight yeah, yeah I, I do i literally think he's the easiest fight in the division when i'm looking at it skill for skill what does he bring to the table? He brings cardio to the table and wrestling. And his wrestling usually is not even really that good. Wrestling is good because he shoots multiple times. So it all comes back down to his cardio. But he doesn't have a striking threat where he can knock you out or anything like that. He's just going to shoot on you. And even on the ground, he doesn't have that jujitsu where he could tap you out or get you in bad positions. A lot of the guys that he shoots and takes down, they pop right back up. And if I'm looking at level of competition... Kobe's literally only wins that of the guys that are still in the UFC right now are Brian Barbonera and Max Griffin. Like he hasn't fought anybody that's ranked right now in the division. And the only other guy that he's fought is ranked is Kamar Usman. And he lost him twice. So I think that he's very smart in picking his fights and choosing who he's going to fight because he'll fight a Robbie Lawler coming off a couple losses. He'll fight a, a Tyron Woodley coming off four losses. He'll beat a Masvidal coming off of three losses. It's like he's only beating guys that are coming off losses, but we give him all this credit because he had two good losses to Usman. It's like, congratulations, you lost, but you had a good fight, but you lost. You got knocked out one, and then the second one, you lost the decision. So, like, I don't know why Dana White and all these other people give Kobe all this hype, like he's some beast or whatever. It's because he has a good mouth. It's because he has Donald Trump in his corner. It's like, no, skill for skill, he's terrible. What do you think about him and Leon? I think it'll be a pretty much easy fight for Leon. I think Leon showed his last fight against Usman that his takedown defense got better. And even in the, the second fight with Usman, uh, where Usman was able to hold Leon down and break him that way, I, I don't think Kobe's going to be able to hold him down. I think Leon will just keep getting up. And Kobe's been rocked his last three fights. Like, Masvidal had moments of only finishing him. Uh, Kamaro finished him and then almost finished him in the other fight. So it's like these guys hard punches on him, and I think he's losing his chin. And it's just like the layoff. You're not fighting. You're not training. Uh, it's been over a year since he's fought. And his last win is against Masvidal, who's like on a three-fight winning streak. I mean, three-fight losing streak at the yeah. time. But now you're going to fight Leon, who just came coming off of beating Usman twice. It's like he's fighting Usman. This guy's sitting doing nothing. But beating Masvidal, I think the level of competition is going to hurt him too. What do you think? Okay. How old is Colby now? Do we know? 35. 35. Yeah. Right, yeah, thirty-five. You know, Jimmy. I think Jones is thirty-five too, right? I mean, that's not a. It, it, at one point in fighting, thirty-five was like, oh, you're getting up there. But now you, you seem like you could be considered in your prime, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six. I mean, well, do you think it's going to hurt Jones? Uh, uh, Stipe, Stipe's had this long layoff, and I actually wanted to mention that. And then you just mentioned the fact that he hasn't fought in a year. It's been over nine hundred days, which could be great. He hasn't taken any damage. His body. You know what I mean? He hasn't been getting hit and kicked, but Jones hasn't fought that much in that time period either. So Jones is almost just as fresh. I mean, after that, that Cyril fight was, he took zero damage. So what do you think of that? Is that going to hurt him? I think it's going to hurt him just because you're fighting John Jones. I think John Jones is just going to be a problem for anybody at the heavyweight division to, for a guy that could wrestle like that and move like that and had the length like that. And, you know, 
even Stipe, your last fight's coming off of a loss. And he's slowed down a lot from the from the old Stipe days. And I just don't think that he's all in. I think now he's looking at it like, you know, this is a big money fight. This is one of my big last big money fights. Let me go out there and see what happens. But I just think that Jones, his long layoff is okay because he's just so naturally gifted. I don't think that Stipe has the same natural gifts as John Jones, his length, his speed, his size. And I just think that John Jones knows he cares more about legacy than anything. So I think John Jones knows if I go out there and I walk through Stipe, I'm the greatest fighter to ever do it. Jimmy, enough of all this MMA bullshit. I want to talk about a day in the life of Bilal Muhammad. Bilal, you wake up, coffee, tea. What do we do? What do we do? Give me a day. Give me a day in the life. <laughs> uh, I'm going straight to coffee. I have to have coffee. It, I'm a coffee yeah. guy. I'm more of a coffee guy than anything. I'm, yeah, I'm like, a coffee and I'm a company man. But go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I, I gotta have coffee, and I'm big on audiobooks. Like I, I always like listen. I, I don't like I don't like watching TV in the morning. I like to sit there and listen to audiobook or like a podcast. But I'm a big audiobook person. What are we listening to now? What I, I, give you something that we listen to in a book. I like that book, you say you listen to it. I some guys like oh I just read how many books? I'm like really you read that many books? Yeah, on my way to work. Whoa, you listen, <laughs> you listen. You it's not wrong with it. No, I'll yeah, be, I'll be reading books more than fucking anybody lately. I'll play that anyway. But go ahead. Right? I, I, I said, bro, I said I'm gonna get a bookshelf and put all my audiobooks that I listen to on the bookshelf because I'm like, bro, it, it kind of, you, dude, you have the answers. You've read it. You have you 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 ingested it. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, I'm, I'm taking it. But uh, right now, it's it's kind of a girly book, but it's really good. It's called what The Housemaid. It, I mean, it sounds girly, but it's really good. It's what it's like a thriller. It's oh. called Housemaid. Do you like fiction or nonfiction? I, I get in modes. Like sometimes I, I, I like fiction. Sometimes I like nonfiction. I like if I listen to like a good autobiography or something, then uh, the next book would probably be like a nonfiction book. But I always like thrillers. Thrillers are like my favorite ones and podcasts. Oh, man. Do you, do I, you, I drive so much. I, have to, I drive 45 minutes to pra one practice, 45 minutes home. But then my night practice is another 45 minutes. So I'm driving like I'm on the road like four hours a day over here. Oh, okay. So it can get you. I do it when I, I walk to the comedy cellar. And when I was doing books on tape, it was great. Because again, it was 30 minutes there, it was 30 minutes back. And you're blowing through books when you're on the elliptical. But then I just kind of got, I tapped out. And I don't know why. Like I, I, I do things in hunks. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, all right, I'm not listening to those anymore. I'm kind of like, I keep, Audible keeps telling me how many fucking credits I have. And I just, <laughs> I haven't used one in a while. I, I think I got to get back into it. Do you ever stop listening halfway through? Sometimes if, if I don't like the voice or like the book starts getting, uh, you know, the same thing over and over repetition. But uh, yeah, I have a lot of those. I have some of those books where it's like, and eh, let me go back and see if this, if, if it changed up or something like that. But like, sometimes like I was starting, I was reading a different book and then I started this book and this book like just caught me really good. And I was like, oh man, this book is really good. And I like finished it like in one day. The housemaid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. What's it about? It's a, uh, it's like a, a mate, so it starts off with like this this new mate. She gets a new job. She's like ex from prison, so uh, she was ten years in prison. So she, you know, she couldn't get a re any regular job. And all of a sudden, this rich family hired her. And Wait, why did she go to prison? Why? It, it doesn't tell you yet. So, okay, okay. Yeah, so she gets hired. She's like, oh, you know, I, I got to get hired by this by these people because you know, no, nobody else is gonna hire me with my. Uh, I don't have no resume or anything, so my record. So then she, like she realized that the wife of this family is like crazy. Like she's she'll sit there and just throw milk on the floor and like clean this up 
or like throw dishes on the floor and she'll just have those moments of just craziness. And then, you know, the husband is like very good looking, he's rich. And, you know, the, the, the maid and the husband, you know, they start, you know, catching eyes with each other. They start making out and, you know, he ends up leaving his wife for this maid, but he doesn't, the maid doesn't realize that the wife wanted it the whole time because the husband's actually a psycho. And once the husband likes you, he, put, he puts you in this little room and it's like a torture room. And he, so, so he makes you become his puppet. So now he like put the maid in the room. He locked her in the room. Ever, uh, ever since they like fell in love with each other, he locked her in the room. And now he told her like, pull out a hundred strands of your hair. And I want it straight down to the root. And you slide it underneath the door and there better be a hundred strands. He's like, what are you, are you joking around? He's like, no, you're going to stay in this room. So he kept her in the room for like four days. It's really good. I don't want to give the whole story away, but it's it's, it's good. All yes. I know is at that part in the audio book, Jimmy's already got his pants down. Jimmy, it's not that, it's not actually that's not erotic. That's really I sick. am mis- I probably am mis- it reminds me a lot of my own relationship. That's why. Except I'm the one who gets locked in the room. And I, yeah, she wants a hundred ass hairs. <laughs> yeah, it's psychotic. I'm like, bro, who the heck makes up these books? I like people are nuts. So so after the audio book, you listen to your audio book, you had your coffee. You don't want to have a fight coming up, but you are staying sharp. Maybe you could, what, give me a day. What are you doing? Uh, I'm, well, I got, usually I train in the morning. So we're training at like 1030 to uh, 1 p.m. Uh, okay. So by the time I get home, uh, I got a pool. So I'm playing in the pool or yeah, it's in Chicago. It's like perfect summertime weather right now. So yes. either doing that, barbecuing, chilling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I got a, a Frenchie. So the Frenchie is, running around all day any anybody that comes knocks on the door he's going crazy so to have him it's he's a he's a handful so playing with him teaching him how to swim little things like that but for the most part it's more just chilling stuff you have a, a you have a significant other yeah yeah she's working oh, she works all the time so okay. she, she gets off work uh and it's literally just like treating the Frenchie like it's a baby are you guys watching anything? Are you streaming anything together? Me and my wife are watching Yellowstone. And we're oh. like, oh, we like it. I never got past the first really episode. Good. Yeah, I liked it, but I was just like, I was like, eh, and I just never watched the second one. I don't know you why. Give it a, you didn't give it a chance, Jimmy. I probably didn't. I get distracted. Yeah, Yellowstone's really good. There's Money. a new one on Apple uh, Plus uh, that's really good right now. It's called Hijack. It's, it's like a, a plane being hijacked. It's really good, too. How many episodes did that have? It's it's like one of those stupid things that's like every other week now. So it's like every week they come out with a new episode. It's like three episodes right now, but uh, it has a uh, Idris Elba in there, so he's a good actor. Oh, he's great! Yeah. Did you see The Wire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are epic shows. Yeah, he's tremendous. I didn't. Uh, I, I I can't get. I'm not patient enough for week by week. I have to wait until the whole thing is done, not get any spoilers, and then just watch it like back to back. I lose patience week to week. Yeah, for sure. Like we we sit there and run out of shows so much because I'm like, oh, we should have never splurged on that whole show. We should have never splurged on that whole show. Then we're starting to realize like maybe the week three isn't that bad because if we do have a whole season, it's like we're done with it in a weekend. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure on these streaming services too. It's like, all right, look, you have my attention for three days. Now what for the rest of the month? That's a lot of pressure to put out good content. Sometimes yeah, they're, so they're starting to run out of ideas. I feel like too. Like I'll sit there and I'll go back to like old shows, like Breaking Bad or Entourage, like my favorite show. So like I'll, I'll always rewatch those shows because these newer shows aren't that good. 
That's yeah, funny, I man. I just went back to uh, Deadwood. You ever see Deadwood? I like no. westerns because this Deadwood's fucking cool. Yeah. I, I like the Wild West shit because it's so like, like it's like it's so crazy back then, and it like makes you really appreciate shit. Like, dude, rattlesnakes and fucking like getting scalped and fucking getting shot in the saloon, and it's just fucking crazy. Wild Bill Hickok is in it. And he's not a ma- he's like a role, but like he's not he's like the major guy in it, but he's in it. It's really you ever see Deadwood yeah. I saw the uh I want to say the first of two seasons, right? I, I don't remember it. I remember liking the acting in it, but uh was it a little slow? Again, it's been ten years. It could be, but it's it's yeah. hardcore, man. It's hardcore. There's some great scenes in that. And also one I recommend, and it was I think it was ahead of its time, man, was uh Rome. It was on it was on Never HBO. saw it. Rome on HBO. Holy fuck, man. Titus Pulo is a PIMP. You <laughs> that guy. Holy shit, man. Uh, the 13th. The fucking that was the name of the battalion. Oh, dude. Rome was great. I don't know. I'm uh, it was like five million an episode, though. I think Rome went away because it was too expensive for HBO. I, it was some fucking insane amount of money. Wasn't that just one season matter? Or was that two? I, it might be one, but it was historically like kind of close to what was going on there. You know what I mean? With Caesar, Caesar, and and fucking well, I forgot the other guy's name, but uh, you know he's getting stabbed in the fucking Senate thing. It was crazy. It, oh, it, Brutus? It's good. What is it? Caesar. Brutus. Oh, Brutus. Yeah, Brutus. That's right. Yeah. Damn. That, that's that's how I like to learn about history by watching that shit. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I was literally, I was just in uh, Mexico with uh, Yair for his training camp. So we were down there for like two weeks. And then it was like, he had us like sitting in like the regular like neighborhoods. We had like an Airbnb and then they were at like a, uh, a sports bar just like watching the fights. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to walk home. And it was like 10 PM. He's like, oh, here, brother, take my knife. And I was like, do I need your knife to walk home? He's like, yeah, yeah, you're good, man. Uh, just, but just, just in case. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. Uh, for protection. All right. How far did you have to walk? It was probably like uh, two miles. And oh, then, that's a long walk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but for me, I'm like from Chicago. So I was like, yeah, I don't need it. But then when I started walking in at night and I was like, it was, it was a pretty bad neighborhood. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, good thing I dogs. What is it? And there was like a bunch of rapid loose dogs everywhere when I was on the streets. And I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. If one of these dogs try to attack me, I don't want to stab one of them. Did anybody bother you? 
No, like the people were there were, were actually pretty nice. You you had your randoms that would uh, give you that dirty look, but I think they just knew I didn't belong because I was walking around with Crocs on. <laughs> oh, shit. Man. So you didn't want to take an Uber? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was weird because, like, for some reason, the houses there don't have, like, the addresses numbers on there. So, like, I didn't know what my address was for the Airbnb, but I knew how to get there by walking there. So, like, even if the uh, I used the Uber... I didn't speak Spanish. So like, if I'm going to tell this guy where to go, I was like, I don't know what to tell him. So I'll just like give him directions in my hand. So I'm like, forget it, man. I'll just walk. Well, if uh, I was, you know, Yair, I'd be like, Hey dude, you need a lift. Come on. Yair, you didn't help me get out. You don't want to make it like the fucking, the, the Mexican version of warriors. Get the fuck out of there, man. The <laughs> Literally, I was like, bro, after that first day, I'm like, right, I'm going to stick with you guys from now on. But I'm like, I, I'm not going to go walk by myself anymore. What do you think about the Volkanovski fight? Isn't it crazy how good he is? Yeah, Volkanovski is super smart. I think strategist-wise, Volkanovski is very smart. I mean, we knew what he was going to try to do. We don't, like You don't want to sit there and strike with Yair because that leaves them openings. Yeah. Um, and we knew he was going to go in there for the takedown. But he's just so tough, man. I think that a lot of people really don't understand how strong he is and how smart he is. And his top game is really good from the guard. Like You shouldn't even be playing guard with him. And I think that's where Yair kind of made his mistakes, where he, he stayed in the guard too much, was trying to strike off his back instead of just getting up, just working to get up. And I think that uh, we've seen it even with Volk against Islam when he got on top of him in that last round. His ground upon is so good and his pressure on top is so good that anybody who tries to play guard with him is not going to work. And, you know, his submission defense is really good, working with Craig Jones. And you've seen him almost get tapped out by Ortega and not give up. So, like, why play that game with him? Just keep it on the feet. Just defend the takedowns. And uh, I think he'll have a tough time against uh, Toperio. Toperio got really good ground game, and his stand-up is really good. Yeah, that third, I think that was the third round against Ortega, which I think that is where every – because he had had those fights with Max before, and I thought that Max won at least one of those fights, and people kind of had this thing with Volkanovski. Like, well, I don't know. And then when he survived that uh, that third round against Ortega, that, that chill, I think everybody just kind of who, – who wasn't 100% sure about Volkanovski, myself included, you're like, yeah – he yeah, as good as they say he is. But I will say this, even though we're teammates and we're friends and I'm biased, that headbutt played a huge part in the in the finishing uh sequence. He headbutted him and you know, Yair only had maybe 20 seconds to a minute to uh to recover. And I'm telling people, I'm like, bro, that headbutt makes a big difference. And you know, people are like, Oh, well, you, you know, what are you talking about? You finished him with this or that. I'm like, bro, you don't know how rocked you are after a headbutt. Like he could have had a concussion and that other punch probably wouldn't have played that much of a damage or roll on it if he, he didn't get headbutted like that or he had a full five minutes to recover did he did he not what ha, what happens with that did he not get five minutes they only give you what, what how much time do they give you they for don't give you they don't give you five minutes for headbutts for headbutts it's like they give you they just like yo they're trying to rush you really quick like all right you good you're good can you see are you right and they gave it probably like maybe one minute at most the five minutes is only for eye pokes and low blows right and what, fucking stitches look at this from a headbutt 50 fucking stitches from the doctor's name was Wilbur. I was in fucking, we were Indiana and fucking Dr. Wilbur. And Longo's like this to the side. Like fucking, <laughs> his, I was fucking doc, he's like, you sure you don't want to wait to go home to a plastic surgeon? And this guy was fucking like Dr. Frankenstein. Dude, I love that shit. I had to fight two rounds with that thing with a vagina on my head. But wow. let me ask you, Bilal. What the fuck was I going to Oh, I know. Uh, you still doing that podcast with um, 
Jason Aaron. Uh, Anik Twin, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're still doing it. Yeah, we're still, we're still doing it. We, we did a, we did kind of like a live show at the, the UFC X. It was cool. We were just like walking around and we had like a, a – we made our own section. We had like fans come up and I was like calling fans out like three at a time and I would like just show them like face smashes or asking questions. And if you had like – I told them if you got 10 questions right, I was going to give you $1,000. And I was just like, man, I hope nobody gets 10 questions right. <laughs> but, well, I don't – the reason I'm bringing it up because <laughs> I – I don't bring up losses. <laughs> I like to bring up when I win things. So I was on the show. And I went versus the great... Uh, who the fuck did I... Mike, who did I go versus? Michael, Michael Tiesa. Michael Tiesa! He's so great that I forgot his fucking name. Now, I seen him the other day. I love Michael Chiesa. And let me tell you something. I don't want to be a braggart, but oh my God, was I on fire. Right below, <laughs> you dominated him. I'm not gonna lie, that was that was pretty dominated. Jimmy, party. Jimmy, go on the show, Jimmy. Don't big time below. He's <laughs> never asked me to go on the show, but if he ever contacts me, I will go on the show. But let's I will go. Not, okay, perfect. I will not get any questions. What, what's one of the questions you would ask? Like, what is a question you would ask? A lot of it's just funnier stuff. So, like, I'll do like uh, two fighter faces put together, like meme them together, and it'll be like, imagine two fighters had a baby. And then the last show we did. Uh, like we put girl fighters with guy filters and you just had to figure them out. And then, then we'll have like name scramble or a nickname game, like a fighter's nickname. Oh, so a lot okay. of it's pretty easy. So we, we don't try to make it difficult. Uh, we had a couple where we, we, try, we had to level up the questions because Aaron Bronstadter was like a killer on the show. Eric Nixick's like a three-time champ on the show. So like with those guys, I have to like level up the questions, but like the last show we had uh, Roman Bravo young on there. And I think it's like Amir Abazi. And it was like a very close game. And Roman was like super nervous. Like, oh, I'm not going to get any questions right. And he ended up winning. Because like I said, it's like just like a fun show. No hard questions. It's one of the, yeah, but that, as you're talking, all I'm thinking is, wow, Bilal does show prep. I'm such a <laughs> fucking lazy bum. And you're putting all this, these things together using Snapchat filters. And I am so lazy. I'm like, I'm just amazed that you're doing show prep. That's, that's impressive. For me, because I like to have fun with it. I don't want to just have like a, I wanted my show to be different. And I think a lot of fighters and athletes will just like love competition. So like making the show competitive, it right. makes these guys like come out of their personality a little bit more. If those guys are like kind of quiet, when you get into that game of like, oh man, it's a close game. Let me, let me call it. Let me do this. Let me do that. It's like, you see a different side of most of these guys. And it keeps them engaged. People are very yeah. engaged. They have to listen. They have to engage. Yeah. And what's the name of the uh, podcast, buddy? Uh, remember the show. I knew that. I just wanted everybody to. Yeah. And where can people, uh, when when can people uh, hear it and where can they watch it? On YouTube? Every, on- every Thursday night at uh, 8.30 Eastern time on uh, Anakin and Florian uh, YouTube page. Oh, nice. You guys go out live or you just post it then? We just go live. We Everything we do is live. So like, I think that's what makes it kind of funner too because sometimes guys will just show up on a show early or show up on a show late and, you know, when you're doing it live, you never know what you're going to get. Like we have a, we had a bunch of shows where guys will we'll tell the guys to come on at seven 45 or eight 45 and they'll, they'll just pop on at like eight 30. So we're like, all right, well, you're going to start the show with us. So that's just cool. Yeah. Well, you don't, um, you don't, I was on Joe Rogan's and I don't know why this is, this is coming to me now. I believe you got brought up sometime. This is, unless this was off air, I think we'll have to eat afterwards. Uh, you don't curse. I heard. You don't swear. No, yeah, I don't curse. I'm not judging you at all. I'm a potty mouth. I'm horrible. Yeah. Now tell me about that. 
I, I mean, for me, it was just like, I never like did it from the beginning. Uh, I, I was never like a, a swear. So like, even now it's like funnier. Cause I like, I'll say like, what the fudge or something. And like, I'm starting to get my other teammates and stuff to say the same thing. And they're like, they'll all be saying it. And like, they just start, you just start realizing like, man, why do I curse? Like, I don't really need to. And I don't know. I don't know why it just like, it never like came to me where I'm like, man, I got to curse or I got to do this or I got to do that. And I just think that it just, it makes everything funner. It makes it funnier when like, even when I'm mad and I say, what the fudge or I get mad like that. It's like, you'll never see me at that level of like having it wanting to curse or like curse somebody out. Well, that's good. Unless <laughs> you really do get to something and you're like, yo, mother fudger. And they'll be like, mother, <laughs> calm down, calm down. <laughs> Calm down, tough guy. I don't know. It might not come out the same way, but yeah, people always look at me weird. You're like you stub your toe or some shit, or you do something silly. You just cursed. You don't. You don't. Who did? You did. I, I did. I. Yes, I'm just so pointing it out now. I didn't do it yet. Did <laughs> yes, I do it? Yet? You, you just cursed. You said shit. Oh, I did. Did I say shit? Yep. <laughs> anyway, and I can't uncurse. I I can't not curse. My point is, when you really get hurt of something. You don't, you say fudge. Do you do that or do you? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll say like fudge. Yeah. I, that man. Yeah, I'm yeah, I look, I look really try. weird, but I say it. I'm going to try, Jimmy. And before we, uh, I, I wanted to ask you a question before we go. I, I don't want to forget to ask your opinion on this. Um, obviously, Jamal Hill uh, had to vacate. Prohaska had to vacate. Like, it's crazy what's going on in the light heavyweight division. It's like, I think this is the third champion in a row. Or no, you're not in a row, but the third in the last X amount of years because of uh, when Jones had to. Uh, what do you think happens? Does Pajeda get a shot when he comes up against uh, Jan, or is that too soon? What do you, What do you think they do? Yeah, man, I'm like so heartbroken for for Jamal. Like I yeah. think that I think he was going to be a champion for a while. I think he's that good, but to have that injury sucks. Um, right is that now, a year I, out, if, do you think is that a year out? The Achilles. It, it is. I think the only person like I can remember was like kind of like Kobe Bryant when it happened to him. But I think even for fighters, it's different too because we do a lot of pivoting on our ankles, pivoting on our Achilles when we're throwing punches or kicks. So like, I'm just hoping that you know he takes the full time off and not tries to rush back into it. And you know, you're working with the the UFC, so they're gonna give him the best recovery, sure. the best rehab out here. So hopefully, it's gonna be a quick recovery for him. Um, but right now, I think that yeah, it's just. Man, he's he's the best. Yeah. I think right now it's like you could do the uh, Pereira against Jan, or even like the winner of that fight can fight like a year if year will be back. But you also still have Ankaliyev out there who's on a nine fight winning streak, and he's deserved it for a while. So you could do even Ankaliyev and Yiri, and I think Abu Dhabi would be a huge fight for that, especially you know Ankaliyev being Muslim. I think you know trying to rush it and give it to Pereira coming off of a loss and his yeah. first fight back at 205 i think that'd be tough to sell but i mean ufc could sell anything right i mean they're selling kobe i mean uh kobe against leon which doesn't make any sense so they could sell anybody fighting for the title any moment yeah i agree and i don't think behavior deserves his first fight at light heavyweight to be um for a title i think you have to you have to beat somebody there's, there's like you said uncle is, is is there is Prohaska coming back soon is he is do, do we know when he's coming back I think that they were always like in negotiations with him and Jamal, but I think they were going to fight in maybe November or December. So I think that, but it's weird because he'll look and he'll be throwing stuff, showing stuff on Instagram and stuff that he's okay and he's ready. And then okay. like, I'm cool with Jamal. And I asked Jamal like, yo, when are you guys going to fight? He said, bro, I don't know. They keep saying he's not ready. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I don't, it doesn't really make any sense what's going on with Yuri. I don't know if he's trying to rush it and 
it just keeps injuring itself again or the UFC is just trying to figure out the right perfect date for him. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. Well, uh, Jimmy, I just oh, wanted sorry. to point out really quick, man, we yes, got to give some props to Myra. Uh, Abu- oh, Abu- Abu- Silva. oh, my God, yeah. I mean, to take out – Holly Holm was in that fight. It was a competitive yeah. first round. But, you know, it's not the first time we saw her do that that guillotine. Oof. I don't know what they call that, a power guillotine. Everybody's got, everything's got a weird name, but it, it's – yeah. It's, it very nasty. Like a, it's like a rear naked choke on the like a guillotine, but like it's put on like a rear naked choke, and it is almost impossible to get out of. And you know, Holly just knew it was a checkmate. And you know, I'll tell you, I'm impressed because Holly Holm, talk about fight IQ. She's one of those girls that keeps see even at 40, I believe one, she seems to keep getting better and improving again with her wrestling and everything else. But uh, that was something else, man. And that she could she could have tapped out she tapped out Brock Lesnar with that fucking choke. <laughs> yeah, that was tight. And Holly Holm is one of those girls that's tough to finish or tough to catch in those positions because, like you said, she is very smart. She's not dumb in those spots. And if she does get close to getting caught with something, she's good at pulling out. But yeah, she just caught that perfectly. And I think for a division who just lost the champion, uh, and to finish a girl like Holly Holmes, that puts you right at the top. Yeah, especially with the with the belt being vacated and stuff. But I think Juliana Pena is for sure going to be one half of the title. But I don't know who the other person is. Raquel Pennington's on a big win streak, five fight win streak. But Bueno Silva, she's a talker, and to get a finish over Holly Holmes, she maybe may have worked her way into that next spot. Yeah, John Young Park, excellent, beautiful submission, rear naked choke. Oh, the only thing I like better than that was his little dance afterwards. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I would do like the robot type of shit. But I like what he did. It suited him. He didn't yeah. try to shoot it. It was nice. And uh, I'll tell you, man, Ahmed uh, Azatar is having a hard time. I, you know, he, he lost to Manny Favola, and now he just lost again to um, Francisco Prada. And he's having, a, you know, that guy went from being, I believe, undefeated yeah. to now losing to. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a tough game we play, man. Shit. It's his yeah. I tell people that like he's he's he works hard and I was in Vegas last uh two weeks ago working with him training with him a little bit there and like I seen how much effort he puts into everything he's at every practice he works hard and I tell people it's like it's so hard to keep winning in this sport and then once you had that one loss you get finished by a guy like Matt Favola you're like well Matt Favola is ranked right now so at least I lost somebody that's ranked higher up and then you come out here and all it takes is one wrong move he got caught with the spinning elbow fell down and, you know, he gave two thumbs up. And I'm like, why are you giving two thumbs up to the ref instead of covering yourself and, you know, trying to shield up? It's like the ref at that moment has to be like, you stop asking that question. Are you okay? Because a fighter is going to give two thumbs up and then you get caught with two more punches and the ref stops the fight. Like, it makes no sense. Bilal, what advice? Would, we're going to stop now. I know we're going over. What yeah. advice would you give him? He went from being undefeated to dropping two in a row, two finishes. What would you tell this kid? I would just say, don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Like, you are that good. You got to the UFC for a reason. You got to this level for a reason. But it's just getting the right people around you, getting the right team around you that's going to help you evolve your game because you're not going to go out there and knock everybody out. I think that he gets some of those spots where he, he hits them and then he looks and he's trying to look at his work because he's so used to these guys falling with every time he hits them. And you can't have those guys around you. Your coaches know, need to know that, all right, you're bad off your back. We need to help you get off your back work off your back more than anything instead of like 
let's just hope he goes out there and knocks this guy out because that's what we're, we're, we're playing for. It's like, no, everybody's so good nowadays. They're good everywhere. And you have to be good everywhere. So you have to have the right guys around you that are going to force you to get better instead of the guys around you that are just like, yes, man. Yep. I love it. Excellent. Uh, Bilal, always, always great having you on. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again before your next fight. And uh, I can't wait to see you fight for a belt. You've been waiting a long time. You deserve it. And uh, it'll happen soon. Remember the show. The Appreciate podcast. you guys, man. Remember the show is the podcast. Yes. Every Thursday night. <laughs> Maybe one and, day Jimmy will be on there. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll sure. talk to you soon, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Later, Matt, talk to you Peace soon, brother. Bye, everybody. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.